Proverbs 2.12 says, Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Proverbs 2.16 says, Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads to death and her path to the spirit of the dead, or that's plural, spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths to life. Now, you know, for all intents and purposes, Proverbs and Psalms, they seem like you could go to bed listening to Psalms. You know what I mean? And then, you know, it'd be a good idea to wake up to Proverbs because they're, they're real instructions. But um, what we don't want to do is deduce these scriptures to just rhetoric from the past. Okay, there's not a thing written in that Bible that is not applicable to us today. It has everything to do with each one of us. We are living lives of children of God. Okay, we're not just children of our mothers or children of Futain. We're children of the Most High God. If this is what we're calling ourselves and believing in our hearts, then that's who we are. And how do we get to be that? We've accepted his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe on him that died for us and rose again. Okay? And that belief is conditional. And so hear me. It's not just a one-time recital. It make, That belief makes you repeat that truth to other people. That belief makes you a minister you didn't know you were. An evangelist out trying to reach souls. This belief is not trivial. It's not just, okay, I said it, anoint my head, I'm saved. Like the numerous baptisms some of us have had over and over again, okay? That's not what this is. It's a belief in the true one and only living God that died for a wretch like me. Amen? Bless the Lord. Let's establish that, you know, I'm still wretched. Okay? I can honestly tell you guys today, it's good this is close because it might get out there and people might stone me. But I'm, I'm wretched. Okay? I have to reel my mind in 24-7. Sometimes it escapes and goes where it wants to go. Okay? But my job is, right? I'm, I'm, it's my job to do it. Take every thought captive in Christ Jesus. Because those thoughts will lead to actions. And then the actions lead to this obvious fearlessness that I have of God. I need to fear God. I need to fear the repercussions of my actions. Okay? So if we continue to entertain whatever, come what may, and let our minds just be polluted by the cravings of our hearts, right? We're going to see God as less than the being that he is. 
and we're going to underestimate the correction that comes from God. It can be severe. Okay? It can be severe in a way that it could be calamity one night coming back from your den of iniquity. Or it could be a slow process of marrow loss in the bone. Wondering why arthritis and bursitis and all of this has taken place with me. Right? He can still use us sick. So be grateful. Right? But I would fear the Lord today. Okay? Don't play with God. He's not a joke. As a man sows, so shall he reap. Right? So now that I cleared all that away and got all that stated, I was reading in Proverbs just a minute ago about the adulterous woman. You know how sometimes you hear about Jezebel and then the spirit of Jezebel and you think, oh, this is some wicked woman. You know, she was the spirit of Jezebel is a spirit. Okay. You can't just equate her with the feminine sense because it's a spirit, right? So a man can have this same spirit, right? Okay, so when you're talking about this perverse, adulterous woman, the thing that came to mind is first and foremost, God knows his genders. He only made two, male and female, okay? Oh, we're messed up. So, you know, but we're still created in the image of God. Okay, and he knows what he created. We can't let people dictate to us what they believe are possibilities. You know, you're not even male or female. You're, you're some kind of animal if you want to be. Okay, we know it's nonsense. We don't want to go along to get along. What we want to do is stand, stay the course and stand firm in the truth of God. Okay, so when we're talking about... <clears throat> This wicked, perverse woman, she's adulterous. We just read it. She's actually um, left the, 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 um, the, the husband of her youth. In our case, many of us have strayed away from the husband of our youth. When we first came into the church, we were on fire. Okay, God meant everything to us, for some of us. And then we slowly started to digress and move back out into the way of life of our youth. Before God. Okay. Um, what the Lord is doing in Lamentations. He says. Uh, Let us examine our ways. Test them. And come back to the Lord. Lamentations 3.15 I think. But what the Lord is trying to tell us is. Hey. Come back to me. Let me restore the joy of your salvation. Let it be as it was. Full of fire. Right. The, the excitement. The encouragement. Let me do this in you because all of us will go astray. It's sheep's nature to go their way. Right? So this is the Lord, right? Calling us back into the fold. Examine yourself. Test yourself and return to me. Bless the Lord. The adulterous woman. And that can be any of us. If Donna's doing something over to her house that I like. And then she asked me, well, David, I don't know if I should be cooking up all this drugs and selling it. You know how she does. And so and then me, I like the drugs. So I tell her, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. A little bit of cooking drugs and getting them together. Come on, Donna. God wants you to be happy. I'm adulterous. You get it? 
I'm the bride of Christ. Right? So I've left my youth full bridal ship matrimony, right? And now I'm I'm insisting that Donna leave too. Say, hey, stay away. God loves you. A Joel Osteen, he wants you to be happy. Doesn't he want you to be happy? Cook that stuff up. Look at our money. We're getting our money and stuff, right? Right. Okay, it's kind of a crazy way to look at it, but it makes sense once we look at it. Bless the Lord. Now, unbelievers, they fear the judgment whether they want to believe it or not. They know instinctively in their hearts that there's a God. The Bible teaches that. So they claim and make all kinds of, how would you put it? They're mocking God, you know, like he doesn't exist when deep inside they know he does. Um, There's a judgment. There's a penalty for everything. For the unbeliever, the fear of God is the fear of his judgment. It's not of God. It's of his judgment. You love your mother, but you don't want the whooping. Right? You, you, you love it, right? Okay. But in her love for you, the whooping, it has to come. Because you off the hook, you over Donna's. Right? There, there you go. So, so all right. So let's get this. Let's get this. Okay. This is easy. It's not rocket science. God loves us, so these disciplines are going to occur out of the love of God. And some more intense and some more severe, depending on how stubborn our hearts are. How I continue to convince myself he wants me happy. This ain't that bad. Right? I'm going to go and be charitable, you know. Let me continue on in my way. It can't be that bad. You know he made cocaine. He made it. It comes out of the good earth from the good Lord. Right? Listen, we come up with some crazy rationalizations because we have this sinister nature, right? That we would otherwise overlook until it's presented to us face to face. Right? So if I don't say it today and you don't hear it tomorrow, you go your way. So one thing that we do is we come to hear the truth. The Bible says that we're like a person that looks, opens up the Bible and looks in it and then walks away and forget what we look like because that Bible is a mirror. Okay? It's a mirror. Okay? So here we are reestablishing God's desire for us to be holy and set apart. Because he's holy and set apart. So if we belong to God, set yourself apart for God so he can use you. Okay? This is, look, again, it's not rocket science. We belong to him. We represent him everywhere we go, even unbeknownst to us. Someone's looking. When you do something wrong, repent. And ask the Lord, hey, carry me. Carry me straight on the straight and narrow. Bless the Lord. Bless God. Okay, so look. Um, A biblical fear of God for the unbeliever includes understanding how much God hates sin. He hates it. 
But if I can doctor up my sin and make it presentable to Leroy, you know, and Doretha, if I can doctor it up and, and make it look presentable to them and they say, yeah, that's not that bad. Right. I deceive myself and others. God hates sin. So I'm going to minimize my sin and then package, give a package deal to my brothers and sisters so that I can get away with the desires of my heart. Right. Right. All right. Now, now let's take a look at this. <laughs> the judgment. What's, what's, what is the compensation for sin? The wages of sin is death. Death. This is your pay. You get paid. So if you never worked before or didn't know you were working, you got a check coming. Okay? And for some of us, these are regular payments. We're getting paid regularly. Oh, oh. You get it? Debilitated and dilapidated and, 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 and all of this. We cannot figure it out. So what do we do? We turn to the world and they say eat right and exercise. Okay? God is saying quit sinning or something worse will happen to you. Bless the Lord. There's no answer for sin but to quit sinning. Bless God. Then exercise. Okay and eat right. But don't discount what you're going through. Because God is not watching every move. He's paying attention to the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. He's all up in there. There's not a nook or cranny he can examine. Bless the Lord. So it's kind of one of those kind of hard messages. But I'm telling you, I have to eat this word. Okay? All right. And there's nothing wrong with us getting this truth in. We can do better because he's better. It's true. Because since he's the best we'll ever have, we can live up to standards we could not otherwise because he is the standard. Right? Without a standard, we set our own standards. Oh, I can do this and I can do that. It's not that bad. It's detestable to God. Sin, he hates it. Now, I have to admit, there were times in my life, and I keep saying this, I said at the Bible study, I had a friend that, you know, he um, loved his beer and stuff. Keith knows him. I ain't mentioning no names. But uh, finally, we talked him into going to rehab because his life has spiraled so out of, out of shape, and, right? And he said, I'll go, but I'm not leaving. I'm not quitting beer. You know? <laughs> it's kind of like, well, what's the, what's the point, okay? You can go into rehab, but you've made it up in your mind. You have a petty permission. You've given yourself. I can't live without it. You've convinced yourself. Right? So this is a stronghold. And this is what the Lord is trying to teach us. He demolishes strongholds. That's exactly what it is. If I convince myself... I can't live a life pleasing to myself or others or even God unless I hold on to Donna's cocaine. If I convince myself of that, right? That's a stronghold, right? The Lord demolishes strongholds. We all have them. We all have them. 
Bless the Lord. This is his job. Let's let him do what he does. Get out the way. How do you get out the way? Well, first admit, I know, I believe I can't live without this. I, look, I don't have to tell anyone, you know. I stated it in my heart, right? Let me tell you how to break free. Sexual sin is about the most problematic sin you can get involved in in your life. Why? Because it's binding. It wasn't intended to be perverted. Once you consummate sexually with another person, you're literally spiritually joining that person. It's not just a good feeling. You've got all kind of intimate thoughts going in your ear and you into her ear and everybody's ears are just lit up. Okay? During the climatic period, there's a joining you weren't even aware of. It's a searing. It's intended to make you one. Right? All right, I mentioned this before. I remember. Yeah, I have to tell myself, okay? There's no real enjoining. That's why you can be married to the prostitute and the harlot can have so many lovers. Look, she'll come to me and I looked for a guy and but she'll come to me, she'll come to come she'll come to me and tell me, oh, I was looking for you all night. You were? I feel special. Of all the men. You're right, me, right? She believes it. She's happy to see me. Of course, it's her way of life, right? But she's been joined to so many men. If I told her, hey, I can't, I can't deal tonight. I'm on my way. She'd go to the next. Hey, I've been waiting for you. Where you been? She's been joined. What are we doing? We're joining ourselves in a way that God intended, but we're failing to see the ramifications of this searing process because the intention was that you would be one with this person, okay? Forever, okay? So we're joined all over the world. You see some of those um, commercials where you see the lights and they're all touching and they're all over the world. We're like that. We just ain't telling each other. Yeah, I got connections all over the world. They're all in Africa now. I haven't done it all, okay? God can deliver us from this desire. It's not like drugs, though drugs will ruin you, ruin your mind. I was so steeped in drugs, you can't tell me that God didn't bring me back to rationalization. I can talk now. It makes sense, right? This sex thing is different, and it's every man's problem and every woman's. Okay, you better sit there and not look like you liking something with your wife next to you or your husband, right? You're right, but you know inwardly, I wish I didn't have or could shake. This is the one thing, it's such a big thing. I don't know how I'll ever break free. I can't even walk past with a, what? I can't go outside, I'm perverted. I can't be among people. Okay, what am I? Uh, what's that guy that was killing people? Uh, you know what, what are you, a social psychopath, right? I can't, look, we haven't killed anyone, but 
we don't trust ourselves because sometimes I even think, you know, why come I can't sit in the coffee house without my mind wondering? I ate off that tree. It tasted good. Right? Who didn't? Who in here didn't? Okay, we all ate off of it. Right? I'm going to say there's a stronghold that is not out of reach of God's demolition. He can destroy that sexual stronghold. Bless the Lord. We don't have to go to our graves craving sexual sin or that is engrossed and engulfed us so much so that we're in the nursing home acting perverted without restraint. Okay? Because we wouldn't get, we wouldn't deal with it when we could. And now it's very real to every nurse that keeps staying away from your room. You know, okay, listen, half of us have done home care, so we know, okay, you're going to stumble into something and you're going to, what? Okay, this is real. Our lives are real. This is what I'm trying to tell you is that we're real. We have real human issues and God can deal with those issues. It's not enough to just record what we're hearing or have knowledge about it. What we want to do is we want to seek the wisdom of God because he has not only wisdom, but understanding. And he gives to each man liberally and abradeth not. Right? We don't have to end like this. I'm not saying this is a matter of salvation. I'm saying it's a matter of our lives. Correct our affairs. Correct our actions so that we can live healthy lives. Okay? Because if we abide in wisdom with God, it's like marrow for the bones. Bless the Lord. Did I say that right, Ruth? Okay. All right, now. Ah. I got plenty of time. It's only four hours. We go in these hours. This is going to be, I hope y'all brought lunch. No, no, no. Okay, um, um, so again, the name of this sermon is Fear God, right? We want to fear God because it's healthy for us. We don't want to fear God because he's some tyrannical monster out trying to stop us from living a life that includes enjoyment and joy and prosperity and all of this kind of sort of stuff. That's not the case. We want to fear God because he wants what's best for us. And he's going to get what he wants. There's a way in the man's, how's it go? There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof leads to death. Okay, so we might think, oh, we could skate here and skirt there. Um, And I'm not trying to say that God is just ready to just blast us for every wrong thing we do. Right? We'd be dead. It's it's the truth. But he wants us to step up our game. Step up to the plate. Because he can do in us what we can't do in ourselves. Look, the last thing you want to say to the Lord upon meeting him is that 
I didn't ask because I didn't think you cared. Okay? He cares. And he gives to those that ask. But if you're conditioned believing what I'm doing is okay, the way I'm thinking is minuscule. You know, my way of life, my plans and this and that, they're not that bad. Consider him, he goes out and murders people at night. I just drive around the neighborhood. <laughs> right? Okay, so we think highly of ourselves. The Bible, is, the Bible says that. You know, we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And we're pretty hypocritical in that we measure sin, believing that this murderer, he's far worse than I am. It could be that the murderer is driving out to do his murders right now, asking God, please help me. But I'm over here. No, I got this. It ain't that bad. Who's going to get the help? Bless the Lord. All right, listen, this is common logic. God wants us to reach beyond our own ability. What we believe is our own capability and reach to him who's able. He's able to deliver us until it's the truth. Deliver us into the people that he's already called us to be. Right? This is God. Bless God. Uh, if you get a new job because you went to school, I keep looking over there because you look smart. I think you've been to school and everything. I know you've been to school. There's some smart guy. Yeah. I forgot your name, man. I get it for you, though. And um, some of you smart people, I don't like you. you know? <laughs> I got to deal with that. I got to take it. No, I love you all. But the truth of the matter is when you study, right, and then you go and get a job, it's not that easy to get a job just based on your scholarship, right? They want you to have some knowledge, experience, right? It's like, no, we may give you a job, but you start in the mailroom with your degree. You know what I mean? We, we kind of want people that have done this before and that are going to be a help, you know, help keep the processes going because they have knowledge, right? And experience, right? And, you know, wisdom, hopefully. We want some sound people that exercise wisdom. So it used to be you couldn't even run for office if you were in an adulterous affair. It's true. It's hard for you young people to understand that. But you had to live a life of integrity in order to run for office. If they found out you was cheating, you booted. That's how it used to be, right? It was kind of like a Judeo-Christian standard, right? Right? So, so now, you look, <laughs> they all in the Oval Office, Monica, and all of them, and you know, that <laughs> it's like, oh, they send them selfies, and, and then, you know, these are our leaders, okay? This is not going to be easy for our kids, all right? Our leaders are believing that your kid should change their gender at six because they liked purple, the color purple. Okay, it's gonna be hard. This ain't no joke. Do you see that? Look, if you didn't take a look, let me tell you, that's not God. That's demonic. 
This is what our leaders are presenting us as a way of life. They don't want your kids to learn two plus two. They want your kids to learn how to get out and protest. It re really with no real valid understanding, right? If you hire somebody, Sharon, and they come to work for you doing fingernails, right? Because they said, I went to fingernail school. And you hire them, and they come in and cut up all her fingernails, cut her finger, her fingers bleed, right? She running out screaming. Well, they have the certificate. They may have studied, but they don't have the understanding. They need the knowledge, right? Okay, so God doesn't want us to stop short of our years of Bible reading. He wants us to apply what we're reading, right? Then we can turn around and say, hey, that and that and that, that's applicable to my life. And let me show you what worked for me. It wasn't when I said, oh, this is okay and that's okay. It's when I said, Lord, should I or should not? Right? Or my praying saints, the ones that are really praying. What do you think about this? The Bible says, come and let us reason together. Okay? Get some advice there and still take it to the Lord. Right? Still have a problem. Go back and research the scripture. Don't run your own way because you're going to lie to yourself. Because if it tastes good, you're going to make sure somehow you can taste it again and it won't be offensive to God. Some kind of way I'm going to work it in there. This is okay. My plane is landing. That must be God. It's landing at five. Right? That's got to be God. He's in there. So you early so you can do more sin. Get it? Get where I'm coming from? Bless the Lord. James says, yeah, bless God. So, okay, so you get the job. You didn't have no knowledge. Now you've been working on the job. Now I can finally put you in the network, networking in the back in the computer room. And then we need to upgrade one of the routers. Just bear with me. You don't have to know. Right? But it's a core router. All right? And what we don't want to do is affect other dependent networks that are relying on the core router. But I bring Jonetta in. Yeah, I got my degree. <laughs> Here it is. Right? So she shuts down the core router and the president is working remotely from home. He can't log in. The VPN has stopped because Janetta knows how to stop the router and how to upgrade the router, but she doesn't have the knowledge of the dependencies on that router. She doesn't know the systems that we have here. It looked pretty easy, but she's not looking in the, in the, in the rooms that have uh, got their names, but in all the different rooms with all the different wiring, she's not looking at all of that. She hasn't looked at a network diagram. So what, what I want, what I want is somebody that has knowledge. Now I let her make that mistake first. She do it again, she out of here, right? Now what do I really want? It's my business, it's, it's, it's my company. I want somebody 
that wants to know me. What makes me think? What makes me tick? What made me start this place? What's my goal and my intention, right? How hard was it for me? Let me pass by and hear you telling the story to Linda. It was really hard for David back in the day. You know, then Ruth gets promoted. You see, because now she's all up in my business. She's after me. She's studied me. She's getting to know me. God wants us to get to know him. Okay? It starts with knowledge in his word. Then we practice his word and get understanding. But the wisdom comes from our day-to-day communication with God. Bless the Lord. So knowledge is different than wisdom. Right? I can learn how to ride the bike. But I need wisdom that I don't ride out into the street and get run over. Bless the Lord. Bless God. God is spirit, but he's also a person. Three distinct persons. The person, that person is found in Jesus Christ. We can ask God for wisdom. He wants us to. What is it? Knock, seek. Right? What's the other one? Ask. All right. I knew what it was. <laughs> you know it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so he wants us to seek him. Okay. It's not just what we don't want to do is turn into um, new modern prophets that have self-declared themselves, right? You know, and speaking the hoodoo and the voodoo, right? And, and all the, you know, you know, this is not... This is not what we're looking for, right? So for some of us, I do believe that it's important that we be thought of as um, valid. It has nothing really to do with the church, but it could be like a um, developmental issue where you were discounted or ignored or or whatever the case may be. What's Chris's term? Um, for in our formative years, right? During our formative years, there's deficits that are going to be a reality for us. No one, we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. No one's going to get it all. We're all going to be missing something, right? We couldn't get it. You may have had an alcoholic in your family. You may have had a molester. You may have had no father at all. You may have had one with just distant. All of us have this, okay? Two fathers were there. I mean, two mothers. Well, today they'll have two fathers and two mothers. That's a deficit, okay? But you you might have had a father and a mother, but they beat each other up all day. All right, these things cause issues. And for most of us, tell me that most of us don't believe we can take care of this. By the time we're independent and stepping out on our own, 
We think we got it. It's hard to convince me there's something wrong with me. I'm like, no, it's not. Look, you go get married and then you have marital problems and then you tell your wife, well, let's go seek a counselor. There's nothing wrong with me. You go. Right? I mean, that helps. Right? No. We both going because we're one. Right? And if something's wrong with me, something's wrong with you. Am I right? We go together. Right? Bless the Lord. So... (laughs) So what we want to do is come to terms. Not one of us is free from the the effects of the fall. Look, go inside your heart right now and take a fearless searching inventory of what's in there. Then you come back around and say, me too. You want to use me too? Use it then. After you've searched your own heart, search me and know me, Lord. Find anything that's unlike you, uprooted. This is what we want. We want to be, look, first come to terms. I'm no better than you and you me. As a matter of fact, we're so fortunate to be children of God in these toe-up states. And what am I saying? Oh no, there's no sin. You have no sin. Don't believe that lie. Paul went to his grave preaching our sin. Okay? So listen, come to terms. Look, start big. What's my biggest issue, Lord? Help me overcome that issue. Look, I asked you before, but I'm asking you again. And this time, Father, I'm asking you to turn the light on so I can see just how repulsive it is to you. You hate sin. Do I want to live a life pleasing that's going to be joyful and and all that? Look, do I really want the best you have to give me while I'm here during this temporary period of time? Then I want you to help me be a blessing to you. Because only you can do that in me. Because the moment I turn my head, I'm headed in the wrong direction. Come to terms. Come to terms, saints. Bless the Lord. Look, don't sit there and be embarrassed sitting there knowing they know something wrong with me. They knew it before you got here. I knew and you knew. Okay? God is able. He's so able to deliver us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Colossians 2, 2 and 3 says that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding of the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom all are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are treasures of wisdom and knowledge in the Lord. Bless the Lord. There's a guy, I read this story today. We got five more minutes. I'm going to stay on time. Um, yeah. And so uh, that cotton must be wrong. We got an hour and five. No, I'm going to quit playing. Keith doesn't like it. He'll start rolling his eyes at you. 
So I'm I'm quit playing, you know. Roof too, too. Yeah. So uh alright. So a story is told of a man who, resisting the cost of oats, he fed his mule, decided to gradually, he was, the cost of oats cost a lot, like the inflation we're in now, okay? Okay, so he decided that I can start adding sawdust to the mule's diet, right? And the mule was doing okay, so he started adding it to all the animals. All of them was eating sawdust, and pretty soon it was more sawdust than oats. Because that's a big savings. It's like when you go to Barbara's and she want to save, so she feeds you some old sawdust. <laughs> so, so it's a big savings. And so, uh, <laughs> no, she doesn't. So, so the deal is, is that, um, okay, everything went fine for a while, but by the time the mule was satisfied with sawdust, he died. Right? So, I mean, we're just kind of hanging along with this undealt with sin and it's killing us. Right? I'm not saying it's separating us from heaven in the judgment. I'm saying it's cutting your life short today. Now, if you took responsibility, if you, if I look at some of y'all too long, I don't mean to, you know. Yeah, for real. I ain't, I ain't trying to. Yeah, If I had a mirror, I'd look at me. I'm going to look at Dorothy for a long time. So if, uh, no, the truth is, is that if I actually, um, if I actually had um, sawdust and I was trying to survive on it, over time, it's going to kill me. Right? Right. Right. Okay. So. What I want to consider is if this life was given to me with a purpose, if I gave you a job at my company with a purpose, right? You know, and you're not fulfilling the purpose for which I hired you, right? You're ultimately working against the progression of the company. I need to fire you. Right? So if God is not getting the use out of you, you get it? This is what the Lord wants. He wants to get full use out of his reason for putting Leroy on this planet. 100%. What can I get in return for creating you and Gina? Right? Okay, he deserves, he deserves our fear. This fear is the result of knowing I should be dead. And he's letting me live and I'm still running my way. What's going to happen to me? Now, again, changing this diet and changing our exercise, go ahead. Right? What does the Bible say? If my people called by my name would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, I would restore their land, heal their land. Heal heal their land. Right? Okay. Think about it. If if anything else, if it's the Ukraine, if it's it's 
you know, bad decision making on the left or the rights are making the bad decisions and this is why we're in all this trouble. But the Lord is saying, you're wicked. Turn from your wicked ways. Right? It's the same with our bodies. These temples of ours. Turn from your wickedness. Well, I can't. I love my wickedness. Well, you better cry out and ask me to help you. I'll be happy to help. Ask me, I can do in you what you can't do in yourself. Having a problem asking me because you don't really want to give it up? I'm there. You ain't the first person that was there. I still want to eat that cake. I'm still there. I have to press. And I have to ask you to pray for me and help me. And if you suggest I fast, I have to fast. I'm going to do what it takes. It's not hard to fast. Nobody wants to. (laughs) It's not hard. But listen, God is able. If we call on him, he's faithful and just to deliver us from all unrighteousness. Right? So we can go on wondering, you know, what's causing this ailment? What's causing that ailment? Right? Yeah, we can go on. I didn't do nothing, Lord. And now my back just went out. I like Francis Frangipane. He said, you know, one day he just woke up and his back broke. All he did was open his eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So think about it. Okay. Is that all in relation to my personal sin? You might say no. But the Bible is saying that you want healthy marrow? Live a righteous life for God. We're all going to die. But isn't it funny that some people die in their sleep smiling and stuff? I want that kind of... Look, unless I'm martyred, I would like to have... Right. I I would like to have a present transition. Smiling. Right? Not because of Donna's drugs. Smiling because... The Lord saw me and had favor on me. And it's not the kind of favor that was limos and diamonds and all of this. He gave me a life worth living and I choose to live it. I'm choosing to live a life pleasing to God. We're going to choose to live a life that pleases our father. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. But with that, we're going to end this. I'm going to pray.